across waxwork.com on a routine missing persons case. Jordan D. White had gone missing and his wife had ponied up enough dinero to fill up more than a few bottles worth of regret. My sources downtown had heard whispers about the place, so I figured I should check it out myself. I only needed to take one look at the sick things the bastard had filled the place with to realize that Jordan D. White was not a well man. It was clear that this was a person who had made a lot of enemies. Sure, his wife played the concerned role well, but a broad like that always had one or two other fish on the line. I made certain to give her my number to call if she needed anything. Anything at all. A quick look around the place didn't reveal anything out of the ordinary, but then, as I was leaving, I noticed little red drips going down their back porch to their cellar door. There it was. That's where I found it. His dead body. Case closed. I'd found him. But now... I had a murder to solve. Hello, and welcome to Cast and Wax, the official podcast of Waxwork.com. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is a very special episode, not uh, to anyone else but me, basically, but the reason it's special is because it's the July 14th episode. Uh, some people would say the Bastille Day episode, but to me, it's more commonly thought of as uh, the episode on my wedding anniversary. I have been married for seven years now. And that's very exciting. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Escape, did you want to say congratulations as well? Uh, why? To congratulate me on being married for seven years. It's like, you know, happy anniversary. What did you do? You just you just sat around for seven years. Who cares? No, it's, I mean, yes, but it's not, it's like, you know, it's a celebration. You know, like your birthday every year. What did you do? All you did is stay alive. Yeah, but that's your birthday. It's different. You get you get treats and, and presents and stuff. You get presents. Isn't on your anniversary? Sometimes. I guess depends on who you're you're talking with. Well, whatever. It seems like all you do is stay married for seven years. Uh, easy. Yeah? You do, have, you, have you done it? Well, no, because I didn't get married. But once you get married, it shouldn't be too hard, right? Well, it's marriage is work. Okay, you know... Why do I even talk to you about things? You never understand anything. I understand everything. It's just, you seem to complicate everything. Stupid complications. Just, you're married. Done. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'll. if you ever have anything that's not your birthday to celebrate, I'll remember that it's just, like, no big deal. No, don't tell you for me. Look, if I have something to celebrate, you celebrate because you did... What if I was like, oh, uh, I've been crowned king. Let's celebrate. Well, you're not going to get crowned king. What kind of a stupid cat are you? Oh, everybody, this is my cat, Scape. I, I didn't do the proper introductions yet. This is my cat being rude to me and his mom. I mean, he's not his, you know, not his phys- physical mom, not his genetic mom, but his adopted mom. She's right. Look, you married my mom. That's cool. And you're my dad now. That's cool. But I'm just saying, it happened a long time ago. Done. Okay. Okay. Well, on the other hand, we have more polite people. For example, Mr. Frank Allen over here. Yes, hello. Uh, no, absolutely. Happy anniversary. Uh, it's so great that you guys are happy together and you're making it work. Seven years, uh, going strong. Seem just as happy now as you were then. You know, I, I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you to say so. And, of course, uh, Mr. Roy Sinjin as well. Yes, hello. Uh, pardon me. Uh, my name is Roy Sinjin. I'm a historian, and I uh, do uh, a number of historical studies, which... Um, are quite amazing. Rory, why are you eating on the podcast? Ah, well, um, hold on. It's just, it's an idea I had, all right? Now, you were talking about, um, you work for, for Marvel Comics, as as you've said on the podcast before, and you were mentioning that the other day, because of a comic book, had mentioned a certain uh, brand of, of, of fast food, that that fast food restaurant had sent you 
free food and you had gotten it at the at, at the offices and that was for free and that was very interesting so i was thinking even though it wasn't a you know an actual product placement uh, you know officially done it ended up reaping benefits for you so i thought what we could do is we could here talk about this very good new cheese crackers which are very good and they taste excellent they're made with real cheddar cheese which it's very it's very fascinating and I thought if we ate this, if I if I ate this, someone of my import, of my stature, you know, who who's a respectable member of the community with a with a with a, a wide growing base of influence says, No, I, I actually like these quite a bit. Perhaps they'd be appreciative of it. Either to the tune of, you know, crackers, which, you know, saves me money, I suppose. Or, you know, financially appreciative is, is even better. Rory, this, but this is not, this podcast isn't for money. This is a, it's a fun podcast that we do for the love of our art. And for the furtherance of our careers. And for the, okay, you guys are trying to use it as a springboard of some sort. I'm doing it because I love it. Because I love the series we did. Because I have a lot of fun with it. I am not here to, to try to become rich. Look, I'm not saying that it's going to necessarily make us rich. But... You know, free crackers is also a good thing. And like I said, it saves us money because then we have free snacks. Instead of having to, you know, buy our own snacks. I could put them out in in little bowls, places, you know, in my if I have if I have an office. I'm thinking of setting up practice, you know, for my readings. My historical reading. We can also barely understand you. You're you're muffling your words. This is you know, this is really stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I think you know cheese crackers, they're going to appreciate this. They're going to say these are people who, who like our work, and they're talking about how great our crackers are, because they are great, and they taste wonderful. Uh, I like them a lot. And, um, you know, people will hear about this, and they'll say, oh, I'd like to have some of this, right? And uh, everybody will appreciate it. Rory, uh, you know, of all the harebrained... Look, you, you've done a lot of stupid things that I find frustrating. I mean, like the fact that you're a con man and you're full of crap. Uh, for example, just to name a few. But... This is, you know, kind of blatant hucksterism that, I mean, I just, I think it's it's abominable. I mean, I would do it, but I don't think it's the right place to do when Jordan doesn't want us to do it. It's his podcast. If you had your own podcast, feel free, you know, stuff your face full of stuff and, and, and talk out of your butt like you do. But no, no, um, I don't. I don't actually talk out of my butt. I talk out of my mouth. Um, but I'm putting food in my mouth because it, because it's just so irresistible. Cheese crackers are so irresistible. I just want to eat them all the time. And, uh, you know, it's it's good. Well, great. Thank you. It's like an anniversary present, getting to hear someone chewing in my ears all the time. Fabulous. Um, good. Well, we've got, uh, as, as always, we've got three wonderful serials, and we've got uh, some This Day in History and some Where Are They Now in History and a Frank Allen interview. We've got all a fully loaded show. So why not get right to it, I guess, right? Uh, what's up first? Well, it looks like our very first show of the night is Guard Duty, a little ditty called In Favor and Out. Now, this is a fascinating episode. In the last episode, the Stallion and the Jack were watching the Frank Allen show, starring Mr. Frank Allen. Of course, yes, I was interviewing Ron Riley, uh, the editor of The Password. And he said that Ocean Man was not the king of Atlantis and that uh, the mollusk was actually the king of Atlantis, mollusk being a villain, right? Yes, exactly. Mollusk being a villain. The stallion was very upset to hear this, that Ocean Man was lying to them. And now he has called a meeting, meaning this is the first episode of Guard Duty that has the entire Earth Guard in it. Pretty exciting, eh, Frank? Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's exciting, too. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fascinating. Oh, good. Yes. Mr. Mouthful thinks it's going to be good, too. Well, let's mm. get right to Guard Duty with In Favor and Out. 
the Earth Guard, the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, the Earth Guard in, in favor and out. Alright everyone, attention everyone. I believe everyone is here now, except Ocean Man. Oh, and Broadband. Does anyone know where Broadband is? Oh, I came in person. I left the unit at home. There were some things I needed to check out on the brain frame, so I figured... That's fine. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. I called you all here to discuss the allegations that have been raised by Ron Riley of the Password. Now, normally, I wouldn't give anything he said a second thought, but considering the nature of his claims... This is ridiculous. A mockery. That you would take his word or such as mine. How monstrous It's a- not about you, Peas Blossom. Oh. Well, then I rescind my outraged words. If any of you were watching Riley's interview with Frank Allen, you know what I'm talking about. Ocean Man. Riley has apparently spoken with the mollusk. With a telepathic starfish. Jack. And the mollusk has said that he is king of Atlantis. That Ocean Man has been lying to us this entire time. <laughs> of course, it makes Why perfect sense it? now. It would explain huh. a few things. I'd always wondered about him being blessed. Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm late. You know, uh, uh, General Mantras uh, had the city on alert, you know, ever since Calivar uh, put that bounty on my head. And, you know, I had to wait for the all clear before I could, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, screw it. I ain't no king. <laughs> Sorry. So it's true? Well, it's true, man, but you gotta let me tell my side of the story, like. You know, like, I didn't set out to lie to nobody. See, people just, like, they all had all these expectations about me, you dig it? People start asking me about Atlantis, and you, you can only be asked that so many times before it drive you crazy, man, and you gotta start saying it, yes. So rather than correct people, you decided to lie about it. Hey, man. You don't even remember that I don't talk to fish. I just started letting people believe what they wanted, but eventually, yeah, like I had to lie. And once the lie started, they just kept getting, you know, more and more and more big, you know. So I had to keep adding things like generals and dissidents, rebellions, cabinets, committees, armies. Wait a minute. So does this mean there aren't any mermaids? Oh, uh, sorry about the mermaids, man. Nah. You freaking traitor. So, so what, what about, about what the mollusk said? said? Did he really communicate with you with that shell? Now, look, man, by that point it was too late. I couldn't let the truth get out. I mean, what would everybody think of me? Well, you didn't actually stave off that question. You just pushed it back a little. Did you have any help keeping this from us? Did anyone else know your secret? I did. Say what? He told you he wasn't the king of Atlantis? No, there was no need. One is as smart as Did I. you know it, know it? Or did you know it in that way where you think it's super speed, and therefore at some point have thought about every possible thing that could ever happen? Well, I am really fast. Did anyone else know? No. 
I never told no one. All right, then. I propose that Ocean Man be kicked out of the Earth Guard. What? Now, wait a minute. Second. Please, guys, please, you gotta understand, I had no choice. I'm going to have to ask you to step outside when we make our decision. Wait, I, well, I, oh, okay, okay, I dig it, I dig it, I see you being cool now. I'm sorry, I just didn't mean to hurt anyone, see, like, I'm sorry I lied. See, my name is really Kyle Johnson, and I'm from Detroit, right? Like, I got my powers working at a nuclear power plant that was an accident with the coolant water. Since then, I can control all water, and I can turn my body into water, see, like, understand, my neighborhood, my hood, it sucked, man. I just wanted to make a difference, you know, help the kids, give them a hero, maybe inspire them to get out of the hood. So, uh, yeah, like, I'll, I'll be outside if you need me. And, uh, let me just say, it's, it's been an honor knowing and working with you cool cats. We vote. All in favor of kicking him off the team? Now, hold on one minute. We haven't even discussed it yet. Why would we need to? He's been lying to us. It's clear what we need to do. No, it isn't. There's no way I'm going to vote him off the team. He lied to us. But that, that doesn't, doesn't make him any less, less of a good, good person. person. He's a hero. He has saved the world on multiple occasions. When Lady Luna took the moon out of orbit, he's the only reason there wasn't massive floods all around the world. Ooh, I remember that. He was in the hospital for weeks after that in a bucket. Yes, and once Suspiria helped stop the Jovian Gas Lord invasion, but I'm not going to have her on the team either. Is that fair? She's murdered people in cold blood. Yeah, there's no real harm done here. Tell that to my non-existent mermaids! Jack, if nothing else, he's compromised us by withholding information. Even if we were to say his lying originally did no harm. Which I wouldn't say. But even if we did... Once the mollusk communicated with him, he had an obligation to bring that information to us. You said it yourself. We could have fought mollusk much better if we'd known his motivations. But who among us has never made mistakes? Have none of you a single fault or flaw? Ocean Man lied. That was his choice to make, but grant reprieve. He'll make amends for all. Pease is, is right. right. We, we all have our secrets and we've all screwed up. up. He deserves a second chance. On the other hand, this secret might have cost people's lives. I mean, if Peace Blossom really was gay, for instance... I beg your pardon? That wouldn't hurt anyone. People got hurt in Baltimore. And every time Goblin Girl wants revenge on you so she kills a shopping mall full of tourists? It's different. He was lying to us to cover his own butt. He was completely selfish. Being the only person in the room who actually knows what's going on in his teammates' heads, let me just say... If you want to know who among us is completely selfish and who isn't, I can tell you, Ocean Man isn't one of them. This is getting us nowhere. We clearly have our own opinions on the matter. We're going to have to take a vote. I say he goes. And I say he stays. He's a good person. I know it. Not as well as I do. He stays. Forget it. He's out. How can I ever trust him again? I hate to say it, but I agree. We need to know we can depend on him when lives are on the line, not just when it goes with his story. The story is no more. I say he stays. He has proven himself time and time again. I'm with Peas Blossom on this issue. issue. Er, that only counts as one vote. Doctor? I have to say I'd be inclined to say he stays, if not for the fact that he deliberately withheld information about one of our most dangerous foes. I remember the day with the conch. It all could have ended there. I say he goes. That's four and four. Someone hasn't voted. Uh, that would be me. Well? 
It's not so simple as all that. It's a big decision. The man's a hero. That much is clear. Regardless of any misleading information he gave us, he's done a lot of good in the world, and apparently he's only human. But should heroes, should people like us, be held to a higher standard? Not to mention that regardless of what we decide, his credibility with the public is going to be destroyed. Come on, old man. Make your decision. Well, I... I suppose that... I'd have to say... Ahem, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, I... I know you're in the middle of deciding some important things, but uh, uh, regardless of your decision, like I, th- I think we're kind of needed. You know, the the Mulhus has just attacked the uh, powerhouse, and uh, and considering that's where we got all of our biggest villains being held, you know. We're on the job. We'll get back to this later. Everyone, to the horse. Let's hit the road. Race ya. I'll meet you there. I brought a dragon. I bet mermaids are real in his world. <laughs> you're pathetic. You know that. Uh, uh, so I'll just, uh, wait for you since I I didn't bring the unit. Uh, well, ah, nuts. Guard Duty by Jordan D. White With Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast Jordan D. White as the Jack Rich Bellin as the Stallion Derek McNish as Broadband Scott Pinbow as Ocean Man Angela Tymon as Peas Blossom Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit Devin White as Voodoo Lady Nicholas Roach as Captain Fantasy. Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl. With theme song by Michael D. Mikowski. Hmm, that was a very good episode. It was quite interesting. All the different um, heroes and villains. No, I mean heroes, you know. Discussing um, Ocean Man, yes. Quite good, quite good. Okay, Rory, you know, this is not... Uh, I don't. I don't find that to be pleasant. Just why? Why are you doing this? Well, like I said, it's just I, I, I would stop, but you know, cheese crackers are so tasty that they it's mild cheddar, naturally flavored, made with real cheddar cheese. It's probably not a lot of calories. Let me look. One hundred and fifty calories per serving, and about eight servings per container. So that's not too bad, right? You know, it's a cheese. It's a cheese flavored thing. Uh, you know, cheese flavor is nice. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're gonna. Can we go on? Because it's your time. It's time for your show now, right? All right. Yes. Um. This day in history. Well, I'm just going to teach us an important historical lesson, and uh, you know, lesson for life. So here we go. Hello and welcome to this day in history on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Back on July 14th, 1789, Parisian revolutionaries and mutinous troops storm and dismantle the Bastille, a royal fortress that had come to symbolize the tyranny of the Bourbon monarchs. This dramatic action signaled the beginning of the French Revolution. Look, 
all of us, we have no money. And all of those people, they have money. Therefore, the obvious conclusion is they have been taking it from us. Therefore, they have to be killed. And then we can take power and give ourselves money. Appreciate it. Oh. Now, let us take our French weapons. Oh. And storm the Bastille. Oh, onward. Oh. Hurrah, now we have power. Yes. Now, we that are the quick. rich ones and they are the poor ones. Funny they surrendered so quick. Why have they no money? It must be oh, their fault. Why don't they work hard like us and then they have cash they can spend like we do? Here, let us have some champagne and some caviar and live it up like the high life. Cling. Actually, if I could interject for a moment. We interject. Yes, I'm Rex Handsome, American. I can't Handsome. help but notice that you're having a massive revolution. We. This worked reasonably well for us Americans, but part of what made that work out so well was the fact that we had a well-established government in place based on the democratic principles of John Locke. You are French and therefore inferior. I happen to know that correlation does not equal causation. Just because it happened one way once doesn't mean it happened because of a revolution. You guys need to get your crap together and then get back to me. I'm going to go back to America now. Away! And it's no surprise to anyone that Rex Hansen was right, as he always is. Correlation does not prove causation, something for scientists to know and something for you to know in your daily life where it helps you. I swear. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't storm that prison yet. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Earlier I said that the storming of the Bastille is thought of as the beginning of the French Revolution, but that correlation does not prove the causation. So, just because the storming of the Bastille happened doesn't mean that that's why the French Revolution happened. In fact, by stopping the storming of the Bastille as they did, it doesn't mean that it stopped the French Revolution. And just because he said that they shouldn't have a French Revolution, and then they didn't have a French Revolution, that doesn't prove that that's why they didn't have a French Revolution. Correlation between those two things does not prove that there's a causation between the two. In addition, the fact that they let the prisoners go, and then the prisoners left the Bastille, does not prove that there is a causal relationship between that. It doesn't mean that because they let them go, that is why they left. It could be another reason. It could be that uh, the Bastille was on fire. You have to have rigorous scientific testing to understand the true nature of causality. And even then, you can't prove it 100%. You can just say, well, things seem to indicate that this caused this, but we can't really say 100% certain because that's not the way science works. You see, correlation, causality, it's related, but they don't indicate necessarily from one to the next flowing in one universal direction. Do you understand what I'm saying? I certainly hope so. This is Rory Sinjin here on Wow, Are They Now in History on Cass and Wax. Okay, I I don't, I'm not a scientist per se, but I don't think that you have got it exactly right. I mean, I don't know, some, something about that sounds a little off. You can't prove anything. I mean, we can prove something, right? Oh, no, no. Um, we can't exactly, you know, not, not from a certain point of view. We couldn't, because, well, all right, give me that. Give me that box. God. Stop! You're not eating during the podcast. This is ridiculous. Jordan, I'm just trying... This is an opportunity we can all share. You know, if you want to talk about how good cheese crackers are, you could have in on this process, on this cheese crackers process, you could have some crackers as well. And like I said, I can't guarantee that they're going to give us money, but you never know. If they like what we do for them, they might say, hey, let's do that professional. Let's make it work out. Could they do that for treaties? Do you think treaties would do that? No, it's worth a shot. I mean, talk about a treaty brand. What's a treaty brand? You know, the the name of the company that makes the treaties. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Just treaties. They're just treaties, right? Cat treats. No, no, no. There's there's always a specific brand. We don't teach him 
him the names of the brands for the cat treats. He just knows that cat treats exist. Well, that's that's your problem, I suppose. But the fact is, look, and, and actually, uh, I should point out, this is, this is a good example of causation and causality as well, because we're saying it, it's not necessarily the case that because I've mentioned this, they gave me the free crackers. It, it, it's not necessarily the case. It, it, it's a correlation of some sort, but we can't say which one caused which one, you know? No, because, that's not how it... No, this is what I'm saying. I don't think you understand this process. I don't think you get it. Frank, do you think that he's going to learn something from you? Do you think you're going to be able to teach him a lesson? <sighs> no. No, I don't think he's going to learn anything. You're probably right. I know I'm right. Thank you. Now, hang on. I learn things all the time. I learn lots of... I, I, for example, I learned that this idea about the product placement, where I could mention this, cheese crackers, and... Rory, just stop with the cheese crackers. Stop. They're fine. They're good. I like them, but we're not here to sell them, or we're not here to sell you, and... We're definitely not here to sell out my podcast. All right. I suppose it's your podcast to do with as you please. It is. Fascinating. And what I want to do is move on to uh, tract or fiction. Right, Frank? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, here's here's an interesting fact. This is the first episode of season two of Tract or Fiction. Also live on the air. So there's still a bit of live on the air uh, tomfoolery. You know, that sort of thing. It's also the first time on the air we, we started using a theme song. So we're going to try with our remasteries to, to make the theme song work in properly. Hopefully we won't have too much trouble. You might know it's a little bit of a weird sinking process. But anyway, moving on. Uh, here's Tractor Fiction. It's called No Fear, with a question mark at the end. No fear. Good to, good to emphasize the question mark. Let's hear it. Welcome to Tractor Fiction, where we explore the work of Jack Chick on the radio. Yeah, we're doing a track called No Fear. So, I guess I'm just going to be quiet and let the, uh, the tract begin. It was a dark and moody evening in the heart of suburban America. Lance, a dark outsider teen, paced his room clad in the dark clothing that expresses the darkness he felt inside. He was on the phone with Dolly, telling her all about his plans to end his haunted existence. Little did he know that two invisible demons were in the room, manipulating him, coercing him. Dolly, I've had it. I'm gonna do it Friday night. Bravo! Yay! Okay, Lance. If you do, I'll do it during your funeral. But aren't you afraid? Are you kidding? My middle name is No Fear. No Fear was also the slogan on Lance's t-shirt. You can't tell anyone, okay? Okay. Just my sister. Dolly, suicide's the only answer. Amen! <laughs> What's gonna happen to us after we die? I don't know, and I don't care, but it's gotta be better than this. I agree, Lance. <laughs> so, so do we. we. Bye, Dolly. I love you. That Friday, Lance stood on a chair in his room, a perfect noose around his neck and a look of determination on his sour little mug. The two demons gleefully looked on, urging him evermore unto his ends. This is the best way, Tiger! Wow, what guts! One, two, three... Jump! Lance leapt from his chair and the rope caught, tightening around his neck, and with a mighty crack, snapped his fragile little teenage neck. His limp body swung silently from the rafters. Hooray, you did it! Now for the big surprise! The next thing Lance knew, he was surrounded by searing flames and hot lakes of burning, screaming agony. Where am I? You're in hell! I love this. How long will he be here, brother? Forever and ever and ever and ever shall I go on? Oh man, it wasn't supposed to be like this. What? Is Mr. No Fear afraid? When you get the big picture, you'll be absolutely terrified. Am I in hell because I committed suicide? No. You're here because you rejected Jesus Christ. Ah! My leg's on fire! 
Somebody help! Sorry, Lance. There's no way out. I can't stand it. Ah! I'm burning! Meanwhile, back on the earthly plane of existence, Lance's friends and family were all gathered for his internment. A young girl took the preacher aside. Preacher, you've gotta help me. My sister said she was gonna kill herself during Lance's funeral. Quickly, to the preacher mobile. They leapt into the preacher's station wagon and fly with the speed of Holy Spirit, screeching through the streets of the once quiet suburban town. Please, God, let us get to Dolly in time. There's the house, but I don't have my keys. The preacher knows what to do. He barrels up to the door and uses his blessed foot to kick the door right out of its frame. His holiness of this breath is so powerful that the two demons who had returned to Earth to usher Dolly to a room were driven from the residence, grimacing. Dolly was tottering on the edge of the couch, her neck in a noose. The preacher ran to her and gripped her about the legs, holding her up too high to choke. He took the noose off her neck, and the ungrateful little wrench thanked him by saying, Hey, you stopped me from seeing Lance! Thank God we did. What do you mean? You were seconds away from burning forever in a lake of fire. But Lance and I thought suicide would end all of our problems! No, Dolly, don't be stupid. That's a lie of the devil. Let me show you the shocking truth about where you almost went today. Here is just some of what the Bible says about this horrible place. Hell is a lake of fire, a bottomless pit, a horrible tempest, a devouring fire. Fire. Again. Fire. A place of sorrows, weeping, a furnace of, well, fire. A place of torments, where they wail, where God is cursed. There is no rest. A place of outer darkness, where they scream for mercy, can never repent. They are punished everlastingly. Their tongues are gnawed. They feel God's wrath. A place of everlasting destruction. A place for the devil and his angels, where the fire, fire, never goes out. A place of everlasting burnings of fire, where they don't want their loved ones to come. The truth is, all those who die without trusting Christ go to this awful place. Oh no, that's where Lance is, and I almost went there too! Yep. Then I've been lied to. We were told that hell was one big party, and all our friends would be there. Dolly, millions of people have believed that same tragic, pitifully stupid lie. How can I make sure I don't go to hell? There's only one way through Jesus Christ, Dolly. We all deserve to go to hell. Because we are all sinners, and God will never allow sin into heaven. But God wants us to go to heaven. So, he offered us a special gift. Those who trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior receive his gift of eternal life. Jesus shed his precious blood, died, and was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Jesus was sinless, so he didn't have to die. When he died, it was for us. So, Jesus... Christ died to pay for all my dirty sins? And if I trust in him alone, I can have eternal life? That's God's promise to us from the Bible, which never lies. Preacher, I want to get this settled right now. Me too! Then let's pray, girls. Dear God, I am so sorry for all my sins. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me from hell. Please come into my heart and be my savior. Just think, preacher. The day I almost went to hell is the day I got eternal life. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the end of the tract. No fear. Thank you, everybody, for, for helping me act that out there. <laughs> no problem. All right. Now, we're going to do, we're going to start it off 
the same way we did the last season of Tractor Fiction, which is we're going to start with a debate. Uh, two people are going to debate the veracity of this tract, uh, but then we're going to do something a little bit different, something that we we have never done before. Tap dance? Uh, no, but Strip. it's... No, what? Well, I happen Strip. to be doing both of those simultaneously as we speak. I wondered why I was having difficulty concentrating on what I was doing. Well done, well done. Uh, now, we do need our two debaters. I believe we had them waiting in the waiting room, but here they come in now. Okay, debater number one. What is your name? Debater number one. Hello. Hello, who is this? Um, I don't know. I, I, I was I, I was walking and I fell. I, I don't... Who, who are you people? What am I doing here? So, what can, what, what can we call you? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to call me? We're going to call you, I don't know. Hi. All right, and um, debater number two. Yes. It is I, Super Ned. Super Ned. Well done. All right, now... Uh, you didn't look that super. Now, here's the, the quarter that will tell us who is in what favor. Hmm. And we've got... Oh, I don't know. What? I don't know. What about me? You believe that the tract we just read while you were not around <laughs> is true? Ah. You, I'm sure you heard it when you were in the waiting room. Yeah, no, I heard it. And uh, you, sir, Super Ned, are believing that this is 100% false. We're going to have us a debate and see who's right. Round uh -huh. one, fight! All right. Well, Ned, you got to Super Ned, you've got to start us off with this not being true. Um, either uh, now, now let me ask you a question: Is it that you don't believe that killing yourself is wrong, or just that you don't believe in hell? Well, Super Ned probably believes more towards the lack of a hell, but also more the hypocrisy pending in the Bible. For instance, the Bible does not care whether you are a good citizen. Super Ned likes good citizens. You could be a horrible. Super villains destroying the city week after week could commit suicide and they would go to hell. But the instant they submit to Jesus and have him bless them with his holy presence, instantly they'd go to heaven after destroying the city multiple times? This cannot be. So say it, Super Ned. Ida? Ida? What? what? Miss No. Oh, I... I, I... Uh, hi. Uh, you have to argue against that. Can I get some free food first or something? You can get free food afterwards. Really? Here's oh, a cherry yes. coke. Is it good food? Um, the best food ever. Oh. Super Ned says the complimentary salad bar is good but lacks salad dressing. Oh. Sorry about that. So All right. what, what do I think again? You believe that... What he said was wrong. Oh, he's stupid. Totally stupid. That may be, but it's only as a result of my superpowers. If I weren't so great... Wait a minute, you're super I... stupid? That's your power? No, it's a byproduct of my super strength, super suaveness, and being super awesome. Well, the a super dumb. tiny brain or something? Man. Yes, I had to make that deal with the wise man in the mountain. Sacrifice most of your brains ah. for being a really awesome guy. Alright, so see, he's stupid. He admits All right, well, it. Alright, well, see, he's right. Even a stupid man such as Super Ned can see how many holes are in this tract right here. That's why it's such a good argument. That all the paper looks pretty solid to me. Well, no. Really, where? Um, where there isn't holes, I guess? Exactly. The um, holes present. Alright, um, listen, I have, I want to bring in, now this is an interesting debate so far, but here's, here's what we're going to do. Now, this is the new thing. Last season, we used to bring in experts. Do I get my food yet? No. Last season, we would bring in experts on this field. Sometimes we may do that, but there is another thing that we're going to do. We actually have the actual characters from this tract present. Oh, my God. 
dare. So they can actually join in this debate. How now, did that happen? Oh, well, um, it's a it's an it's a magic thing that we do. It, it huh? uses Super Ned knows of magics. Mostly they're used oh, for shut up, evil. Super well, Quint, super it's funny that you mentioned that too. It's I funny bet you haven't had as much dating experience as I've had. Oh yeah. It's funny you mentioned magics sorry, used for evil. Jesus, it's not my fault. Because, actually, the first, uh, now, we do have, d disputing your uh, claim that hell doesn't exist, we do have a, a demon present who was in the tract <laughs> as a, he was a demon. So, now, Holy tell us, crap. does hell exist, Mr. Demon? Yes. Oh. That's hard to dispute. How do you know he's <laughs> not lying? Uh, how do we know you're not lying? Do demons typically lie? Or? May I intervene? Uh, He's well. a freaking demon. Is this? Yes, oh, is this indeed. Demon. I'm sorry. Who do we have here? Is that Dolly? He's a freaking demon. Yes, this is Dolly speaking. Pardon. Okay. I just wanted to point out that if he is he's in a fact demon, a freaking demon. If it, wait, if he's a demon and there's a hell, why is he here and not there? Maybe there's no hell. That's why he's wandering around. Haven't you heard of hell Super on Ned? It happens right, every then. Thursday. Super oh. Ned would also like to bring up the fact that, that demons lie. For instance, in your own false tract, you lied to a number of characters, oh, telling yeah. them that suicide was good. According to your tract rules, that was a bad thing and a lie. Him As it true. stands, demons do lie. He However, you said that there was a hell. Since you are a demon and lie, QED hell does not exist. I don't know, so man. So says Supernet villain! Uh-oh, I do believe we have a preacher present. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I'm just an actor. I'm not actually a oh, preacher. Oh, sorry. But beyond that... Oh my god, Super Net guy. Um, yes, citizen! It was totally just an act. He wasn't lying, he was performing. The fact that he's actually from hell has nothing to do with this tract. Look, when I was young and I went to go see Peter Pan, they told me that fairies existed, and they don't. Dude, fairy totally All of them were exists. killed over 200 about? years ago by the villain Igabo. And that's why I never trust actors, for they lied to me. And since then, I have devoted myself to fighting crime and especially liars. You you're an actor and you're a liar. Take that. Ow. Man. Jeez. That's going to leave a mark. Anybody got any ice or anything? Oh, man. You got I that do. cherry coke. Yeah, thanks. I I'm sorry. Some fruit uh, uh, back. Can oh, we get on with the fruit already? Hey, preacher man. I got some ice over here. What? He's got ice. The demon has ice. Oh, thanks, guy. Wouldn't it like melt uh, if he was really a demon and he was touching it? It seems like hell has frozen over. Yeah, that explains a lot of things. Actually, there are frozen parts of hell. Wow. They're quite nice, actually. Do they have food? I'd yes. like to go. So yes, what happens? You can get there by, like by killing ice yourself. Ice? Cool. How do I get there? Um, see that window? Yeah. Jump out of it. Okay. Ah! I'll be right back. Dude, I was going to the food. Citizen, you should not throw away your life. If you don't want it, use it for I good community it. service. I if you get a job, you can buy all the food you can eat with that money. You should go work for the civil service. Oh, quiet, you hey, filthy The post office here. needs Anybody jobs. Oh, a preacher! Yeah, a preacher! Give me the preacher! Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Well, what? Okay. Young citizen, why did you eat the pizza delivery girl and leave the pizza? That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, good. Ooh, pepperoni. All right, so we're here. I'm sorry, citizen. I must now take you off to jail for the crime of manslaughter. Is there food? There's plenty oh, of free man. state provided food in the jail, citizen. Hey, let's go, let's go. All right, all right. Now, as uh, as they card off, I don't know. Um, I do want to say who won this debate, which is not necessarily known by the fact that one of the people goes to jail. So let's find out who wins. Oh, it is actually Super Nan. Super Nan did win. That's right. I always get so does that my mean that man. I should kill myself so I can go be with Lance. If there's no hell, then it's yes. not bad. Well, no, it's Lance. not bad. Lance, you should go join Lance. Apparently, you should. He's yeah. having a great time in the tundra part, right? Yes, maybe the tundra. If there's a tundra part and there's a fire part, if there's a tundra part and a fire part, shouldn't there be a part in the middle that's kind of moderate and nice? Yes, perfect. It's very much like the Caribbean islands. Is it a nonstop party? There are certain times when when it stops, but that's only to take a short break to rest. It's a it's a most of the time party. I want to rock and roll all night and part of every day. But you see, the reason it's hell is they don't serve anything. It's all non-alcoholic beer. Man, that's, that's the lying right. kind of demon right there. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming here, uh, especially Super Ned and I don't know, and all the good characters from the tract. And thank you all for listening to WHRW Binghamton. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Rich Bellin, Lynn Nelson, Daniel Schwartz. Sam Thomason, Angela Tyman, Devin White, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. Uh, I want to jump right into my Frank Allen interview since it is relevant. Oh, really? Uh, who did you get to do this? Uh, well, I'm not being coy at all when I say, I don't know. Oh, Frank. Well, let's get right to it. Here it is. Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Frank Allen. Hello and welcome to Frank Allen Interviews. My name is Frank Allen, as you know. We have a special interview. I am here with special permission from the state of New York uh, to interview prisoner, still in prison, Ms. I don't know. So we've got her here. Hello. Hello. So you have been uh, in prison for a few years now, since that was recorded, uh, for um, eating a person alive. Uh, how did that work out for you? What, the eating of the person? The, the whole situation. Um, I, I mean... It's okay. It's okay in prison? It's, they don't, they don't feed me enough. You know, I went to prison because they said there was food, and it was just, they feed you like three times a day, but is that not a lot? And uh, they won't let me go outside, I like to go outside. Uh, well, that's actually a lot. Three times a day is, is normal. No, I eat way more than that. Well, no, you don't. But I want to. I used to. Before. Before what? You you remember your your life before? Some of it. What do you remember? Please, this is this is fascinating. We didn't know anything about you before. Um, I used to walk around outside, and there'd be pigeons, and sometimes I'd eat them. And um, I would walk down by uh, the river, and there'd be fishermen, and they'd be fishing, and so there'd be fish, and so I'd eat the fishermen. And um, I used to sleep under bridges, and um. I know. Do you remember your name? Uh, I, I, they say it's Ida. I don't know. Well, that's the name I gave you. Oh, we've met? What? Yes, the show. I, you were on my show. You, yes, you debated. Oh. No, there was a tract. It was about whether or not you should kill yourself. And you debated that you, uh, you shouldn't because Jesus is, you know, doesn't like it. And, um, well, you were wrong. Um, 
You don't remember this? No. You don't remember this at all? No. That's when you ate the woman. I remember that. That was that was at the show. She had pizza sauce. Yeah, that was her. That was at the show. That was when you ate the woman. She was gone. Well, I'm I'm sure her family will be happy to hear that. She has family? Are they yummy too? No. You Can can't... I visit them? Can they visit me? No. Oh. No family. Good. No. You eat too many people as it is. Look, you so you ate other people before this. This so she wasn't the first person you ate. I guess not. What do you mean you guess not? You just said it. Okay. Is it true or not? I guess so. Do you know if it's true? I think so. It is true. Okay. You're going to go to jail for a long time. I'm already in jail. What are you talking about? You're going to be in there for longer. You're confessing to more murder. Like who? Fishermen. Who? I don't know. What were their names? I don't know. They're related to you? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know either, but... All right, look. So, now that you know... This is the important question. Now that you know... Did you bring me any food? No. What, they don't let you bring food into prison to people. <gasps> well, that's the way it works. This place is horrible. Can I go now? No, you can't go. No. Well, look. The important question. I came here to ask you a very important question. Okay. Now that you know that you were wrong about that tract and that you're not supposed to kill yourself because Jesus, that, that part wasn't true, that it, it's it's that there, there isn't really a hell. So that's what Superned said, you remember? And Superned! Yeah. I hate that guy. So you remember him? Yeah! Okay, so now that you know that he was right and you were wrong, does that change the way you see the world? I wish you'd stop following me around. I'm sorry? Well, so I remember I heard somewhere that in hell there's like this buffet. Yeah. And, um, so I keep trying to get there, and Super Dad keeps showing up and stabbing me! Okay, well, because first of all, the person who told you there was a buffet was a demon, and he was probably lying. I guess that it could be true, but you never know. Well, no. I mean, the fruit here sucks, so it's worth a try. I'm so hungry. But if, but if Super Ned is right, he's saying there's no hell. So if you died killing yourself, there would be no more food ever again. Now, did he win that there's no hell, or just that there's no bad hell? Well, I think, I don't... Because it could be hell, but it could be good hell with food. I don't think that's the case. I, I mean, I think he was arguing that there's no hell. Are you sure? I don't know. You don't remember either. No one remembers anything. I remember that he won. And he won. It was, I th I'm pretty sure he won. There was no hell. I mean, there was a demon present. So it sort of begs the question of where did that demon come from? Yeah, yeah, see? See, it was a demon. But he could have been lying. Maybe demons just lie about there being a hell in general. So where are they from? Could be from anywhere. Cincinnati. Am I from Cincinnati? I don't know. Is there food in Cincinnati? You can't go to Cincinnati. You're in jail. <gasps> Let me tell you about these orange jumpsuits. They're Tacky. Well, we, look, you've already killed the person. It's You can't get out now. I mean, you should have thought of that before you ate the woman. Right. Well, okay, so, I mean, what do you do in prison? What do you, what, what do, you do with all your time? Um, well, I make little dioramas of bridges, and then I set them up in my room, and then I sleep under them. What? With, like, paper mache. Why? Because I like to sleep under bridges. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You sleep under bridges. I used to. You eat people. Um, my lawyer says to admit to nothing. You're not human, are you? What? Well, you sleep under bridges and you eat people. That doesn't sound like a human being. That sounds like a troll. <laughs> a what? Troll. A troll? What's yeah. a troll? Somebody who sleeps under bridges and eats people. Do they look like people, though? I, I thought trolls looked like not people. Well, what do you look like? I, um, uh, I have brown hair and, um, I've lost most of my teeth, but... They were sort of in the way anyway. And, um, I'm wearing a tacky orange jumpsuit. Totally glasses. Can't you see me? Well, yeah. Oh, it's okay. What do I look like? You just said. But it doesn't sound like, I mean, you could be a troll then. I'm not a troll. It, it sounds trolly. Have you met any trolls? I've met you. I'm not a troll. If you are, then I've met a troll. I'm not a troll. How can you tell? Um, you got the bridge thing. Yeah. You got the eating people thing. Okay. What do you think about goats? Um, tasty. 
DNF, I guess. Well, that, I don't I don't know how that applies, but that sounds like you could be a, a, a troll. Does that mean I get to charge money if people go over my bridge? Is that what you used to do? No, but maybe I should have. Maybe you should have. Yeah. Oh, wow. And if you're a troll, you're probably not subject to human laws. Oh, I'm definitely a troll. You get are. Me out of here. So you're a troll. Yes. Well, why didn't you say that originally? Um, I guess I forgot. Are you sure you're a troll? And, um, trolls don't go to jail? Oh, I guess other trolls might put them in jail if they break troll law. Well, I, I get the heck out of here. This is a human jail. I'm so a troll! Well, that's, I mean, that's, this is news. This is investigative journalism. Okay. We've met a troll now. We've, we've have evidence that trolls exist. Hello. You. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a fine. I could win a Pulitzer. Um, that's. Are they tasty? No, you don't. It's, a, it's an award. But there's a dinner. I mean, there's a Pulitzer dinner. So can I come to the dinner? No, I would. It's my award. But I. But it's me. You're a troll. You can have your troll dinner. Maybe there's a troll award. It doesn't matter. My point is. Do you have to cross my bridge to get to, to your dinner? Well, I hope not. But my point is, if you're a troll, yeah, then this is a miscarriage of justice, frankly. you I mean, you're not that I want you to have eaten the woman, but you can't, you're a troll. It's understandable. Yeah. Obviously, I just couldn't help myself. Cause that's what um I do. Well, this is this is terrible. Uh, do you, do you have a lawyer? It's somewhere. All right. Well, then hopefully you should get in touch with that lawyer, and you'll be out of jail in no time. I'm Yay! Sure. Well done. Well, this is a this has been a fascinating interview. We learned a lot. Can I, I have a pizza now? I didn't bring. I, t- I there's no. They don't. They're afraid I'll bring you a file. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're gonna get out of jail anyway. But I couldn't bring you food. Oh. Anyway, um, this is Frank Allen. You want to come see my bridge diorama? I'm not going into the jail. No. Oh. Especially not with a troll. It's really pretty. No. Wait. Are you saying that I'm scarier than the other inmates? Because let me tell you how I'm not scarier than the other inmates. Did any of them eat people? Bed. Then I rest my case. They're, that just means they're liars. All right. Well, listen. If you're crossing a bridge anytime soon, I uh, you know watch out because apparently soon there's going to be a troll under it. But um, otherwise, I think this was very informative. So thank you for listening to Frank Allen interviews with Frank Allen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frank. Uh, you you said you think you're going to win a Pulitzer for that. Well, yeah. I, I, what happened was, as a follow-up, she is now out of prison. Like I said, tr- trolls are not subject to human laws. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to put a troll in human prison. You don't put a you know a tiger in human prison. You you put a, a tiger in the zoo. But if if a tiger breaks the law, you well you probably kill it. Yes, you do probably kill it. So why don't a why don't they kill the troll? B I don't think that woman was really a troll. No, hold on. She sleeps under bridges. She eats people. Sounds like a troll to me. Sounds like a crazy homeless person to me. Well. Okay. I mean, you know, well, but she could be, or she's a troll. It doesn't seem very likely that she's a troll. She sounds like a cat to me. She talked in kind of a cat-like voice. Also, she said she eats birds and, well, people, but she she wants to go outside and she wants to be fed a lot. That sounds like a cat. She didn't say anything about sleeping, though. Oh, that's true. Maybe she's not so much of a cat. No, no, she's a troll. Look, it, it, we just—it's a—we just like we discovered it. I investigated it. I found out she's a troll. She's out of prison now. So if she's not a troll, you know that's even more of a miscarriage of justice than the miscarriage of justice to begin with. Well, who—who who is it that birthed this miscarriage of justice? It would be you, sir. No, but if only if she's not a troll. I think she's a troll. She sounds like a troll. She's a troll. If you say so, Frank. You're very—you know—I guess very fixated on this troll idea, and I guess that's your business. But I don't think she sounds like a troll. Fine, whatever. 
That's fine. Let's go on with it, uh, the show because we have a very special episode next. It is the season premiere of Epic Echoes, meaning it's the last episode we did in the very first season of the show. But since it's the backward series, it's the first episode of a season inside the world of the show. Get it? It's also a very special show because it is the very first episode in which you get to hear the character voiced by Mr. Scape White. <gasps> Fiery! That's very exciting, Dad, because, uh, first of all, I'm really good. <laughs> Second of all, uh, no, just because I'm really good. That's awesome. It is very, is very, is very exciting. Uh, so, Scape is a fan favorite, as you'll see. Fertress, classic, fun character. Hope you'll enjoy his very last appearance on the show, aka his very first appearance on the Backwards series, Epic Echoes. The Backward Series, Episode 11, What's the Deal? by Jordan D. White. Thousands of people were gathered on and around the west steps of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. All 108 senators and 381 representatives, various other political figures and players, hundreds of members of the armed forces in full regalia, members of the press, and nearly countless well-wishers and onlookers gathered, huddled together on that cold January morning. The American flag whipped about on the cold wind, but like the crowd, it didn't let the temperature bring it down on such an important day. Just within, the young president-elect, Jimmy Kovacs, peeked nervously around a window frame, scanning the crowd. The chief justice approached him and gently lay a hand on his shoulder. We can't wait for them forever. They said they'd be back. They said it wouldn't take long, they'd be right back. They wouldn't miss it. With all due respect, sir, they are missing it. There's an entire country waiting right now. Is Max Thornfield worth keeping an entire country out in the cold? I know they're your friends. The Flash Pack is more than just my friends, sir. They're my family. I was with them since I was eight. They practically raised me. The Justice stepped back from the boy and looked to the floor. I'm sorry, of course. Jimmy looked out the window again, this time not looking for his friends. This time he looked at the crowd that was there. The throng of young people spilling with optimism, bundled up in the cold to see him sworn in. Signs reading, Jimmy's my boy, and, gosh, we can change the country, were held overhead in gloved hands. Jimmy sighed. Good luck, Max. You keep saving the world. I'll do what I can for America. I'm ready. Let's go. Jimmy stepped out onto the west steps, and the crowd erupted into applause, peppered with cheers for the youngest elected president in American history. Max Thornfield, meanwhile, didn't even have the decency to realize he was late for the inauguration. In all fairness, he was somewhat distracted at the moment. Ah! <laughs> Why are you doing this, Stralis? Oh, Max, because I can! <laughs> the remainder of the flashback, however, did remember. Molly, we're gonna miss Jimmy's big day! Some things are more important. Molly was cramped into the undersized seats, piloting their cat ship as fast as they could get away with inside of Earth's atmosphere without the engines blowing out. She was determined to get to El Paso as quickly as possible. If they'd been clocked, 
they would have set a record. So, what's going on? You said Max was in danger. I thought he was with Dralis. He is. They were on a, a date in El Paso. A date? Oh, God, Molly, I'm so sorry. It's all right. It turned into a kidnapping. What? Fertress, tell them. The little catman flattened his ears out in embarrassment. It's a funny story, actually. I was just kind of looking in on them because I was worried about Marty's feelings, you see. Cut <laughs> to the chase, pervert. Dralis led Max into a trap. A fleet of troops grabbed him. What? Dralis? Why would she betray Max? How should I know? The man is a stupid head. Maybe you'd have preferred Dralis ask you on a date so she could be torturing you? It might be worth it. Ah! On the contrary, Max was not enjoying himself. Dralis had him strapped to a table, electrodes connected to the pain centers of his brain. She strutted around the room before him, her t-shirt and jeans cast aside for a revealing metallic bikini and cape, holding the activator so that at any whim... Ah! All right, Max. You want to know why? I'll tell you. Please... Unless you'd rather have more. No! No more! Very well. It must seem so crazy to you. My betrayal. I've been a part of the flashback since it began. A founding member. You and I have known each other even longer. I am, of course, grateful to your mother for raising me. A poor orphan girl. She treated me almost as one of her own. Almost. Indeed, Earth has been like a home to me. Earth? But you see, it isn't my home. Not really. I've been contacted by my brother, and it seems I'm not just a poor orphan girl. I'm the lost daughter of a line of powerful and ruthless galactic dictators. What? That's crazy. Behave! Ah! Max Thornfield, I'd like you to meet my brother, Dex. <laughs> Hello, Thornfield. The pleasure is mine, I'm sure. My sister has told me so much about you, all of it sickeningly good. What do you want from me? Me? <laughs> I don't want a thing from you. You humans make me ill. I assume I can use your Earth things as slaves for my real slaves to use. My sister, however, seems to have use for you. I'm going to become powerful, Max. Ruler of the galaxy. Co-ruler of the galaxy. It's no secret I've had feelings for you for years now. You what? Don't play dumb, Max. Dear sister, from what I've seen, he couldn't if he tried. Don't you think you could choose someone more worthy of your affections? Someone in your caste, for example? I don't know what you've done to Trollis, monster, but I won't let you get away with it. Oh, please. What I did to her? What about what you've done? When I first approached her six months ago, she wanted nothing to do with me. It's you and your precious flash pack that pushed her away. As I spoke to her in secret these many months, something in her changed. It wasn't my idea to enslave the Earth, I assure you. Things are going to be so much better, Max. Once I rule the world, we can put a stop to hunger. Disorder! But, but Jimmy is already- Jimmy! Gods, Max, you always take his side! Isn't it conceivable that that little runt doesn't have all the answers for once in his life? Oh, just kill him, sister. There's no way he'll join us. He's too much of a hero. 
join you? What are you talking about? Be reasonable. I don't want to kill you, Max. I... I love you. I'm going to be mistress of the solar system, Max. Rule by my side. Join me. Jimmy trusts you. With your help, we can overthrow the world governments with very little need to kill their leaders at all. The world will be mine, and I will be yours. No one can have me but you. Please, Max. Will you join me? A flash of light stopped Max's answer in his throat. Howdy, traitor. We'll be leaving now. A second flash of light filled Dralis's eyes as Keen grabbed a hold of Max and used her transport belt to take them both out of the siblings' clutches. What? They have transport capabilities? Why didn't you tell me? I didn't think they would find us. We have fields to stop these things. Guards! Raise transporter interference. Cover the city with them! Sir, there's an unidentified ship of Saladonian origin flying away. That's the flashback! Shoot them out of the sky! On the cat ship, Mally began flying as soon as Keen was on board. They're back! Go! Go! Thank you, Keen. You saved my life. I owe you. My pleasure. Oh, goody, you are right! Say, I thought Molly said not to teleport more than once within a day. There was a risk involved, but I thought it was worth it. So what's going on, Max? Dralis' brother is an evil warlord from another planet. He's got some sort of control over her. How can you tell? How else could she have betrayed us? I've been searching for my father for years, but I'm not going to turn my back on being a hero and doing what's right just because I found out he's some sort of jerk. Crap. Being pursued. They're shooting at us. Maybe if we give your Max back, they'll get us leave. You can get us out of it, Molly. You're the best pilot I've ever- Ah! Mighty Mercurians! What's wrong, Max? This thing in my head. Dralis has hooked it into my brain. You must still be in range for- Ah! Son of a- Fertress, take the wheel. What? Me? Molly, I can't- ah! I have to get that thing out of Max's head. It'll only take a minute. Molly, no. You shouldn't risk it just for- I don't have a choice, Max. Bite down on this. Oh god, I can't watch this. Molly yanked the implant out of Max's head, but just as it came clear, one of Dex's ships finally clipped the cat ship's wing with one of their missiles. We're hit! These ships are built for your kind. You're supposed to be better at flying than we are. Hey yo, magic user not it. Which reminds me. Fertress propped his spellbook on the dashboard as the ship began going down. He pawed through the pages quickly and then began to encant. The air inside the cat ship started becoming thicker until, finally, it became like clear air gelatin. The ship crashed down into the side of the Sumbol on the Utep campus, breaking apart into many pieces. But, aside from the almost sickening jiggling feeling, the flash pack was unharmed. Once the wreckage settled, the air decongealed, allowing them to move once more. Was that absolutely necessary? It was the first thing I could find. We gave, didn't we? We better get moving if we want to keep it up. Too late. Look. A sleek and impressive ship was headed right for them. Its hull seemed to be made of silver and gold, polished to perfection, and reflecting everything around it, almost seeming to glow. It's a Battle Nova. Incredibly expensive show ship, usually bought by royalty. It must be Dex. We've got to... Run? Don't move. Dex's troops came from all sides and surrounded the pack, boxing them in as the Battle Nova landed nearby. Okay, let's take stock here. Do we have any blasters? Uh, lost with the ship. Flash grenades. Lost with the ship? Rocket launchers? Lost with the ship. Nuclear warheads. No. I've got my spell bar. Well, that's something. See what you can do. The pack fell silent as the boarding ramp descended from the gleaming ship. Soon, Dex and Dralis descended. 
hand in hand. Now, now, Thornfield. It wasn't nice to try to slip off without saying goodbye. I hate to take advantage of your hospitality, Trollis. Or should I say, your brothers? Whatever he's done to you, we'll undo. We'll get you back. Oh, please. Is that before or after we crush your pitiful planet to dust? You're surrounded by fleets of my clone army each of whom has been cloned from the most highly skilled soldier in my family's history. Even if, by some miracle, you were to escape, we'd only gather our fleet and return with enough power to decimate every being on the planet. But I'm confident we already have more than enough to take care of you, you worthless speck. You can't talk to Max Thornfield that way. He's more of a man than a bastard like you could ever dream of- Oh, come on, you two. The man is a moron. How can you not see this? You don't look like much yourself, fancy pants. Do you like them? Handwoven by 10,000 slaves. This is my brother, Dex, Jill. He's about to become your new absolute lord of all things. You... You, you incredible drowers. Max turned to the little cat man to find him not flipping through his spellbook, but clutching it to his chest and staring googly-eyed at Dralis's new outfit. Virtress! Orye Elspe Ukbe. What? Oh, <laughs> Oh, please, you thing. As if you were ever worthy of my notice, let alone my affections. Fertress began paging through his book quickly. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, well... I like mine well done, actually. Dralis fired her blaster at her former friend, charring his fur and killing him instantly. Can the flash pack escape the alien sibling's clutches? Will the world be enslaved by this alien dictator? How will our heroes cope with the death of their friend? Find out next episode in Flight of the Flashback. In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Tymon was Dralis, Devon White was Molly, Lynn Nelson was Slaughter, Tongwen Wong was Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs and Dex, Elijah Weberhan was the Chief Justice, Jordan D. White was the Troops, and Scape White was Fertress. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Card Mikowski. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you very much. Now, um, normally we would just end the show really quickly now, but I do have something special that I wanted to do first. Last week, we put out a call for reader mail, and guess what? We've got some. If you would like to send us some reader mail yourself, please do. Uh, the email address is castinwax at gmail.com. No spaces. It's all one word. Castinwax at gmail.com. And you can send mail to myself, to Frank, to, to Rory, to Scape, and we will read it. Um, this very first one is from Bernie Carolus. Do you want to read it, Frank? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Dear Messrs. White, White, Allen, and St. John. I'm sorry, St. John. It's just to see it written down, it looks like St. John. Yes, but it's pronounced St. John, and you know that, so I didn't know why you're teasing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I have been a loyal Cast and Wax fan since the first podcast and would like to respond to some of the comments Jordan made in the most recent episode. You suggested that since these email comments would be conveyed via the internet, they will probably consist of little more than angry and thoughtless criticism. I consider this an indefensible outrage. The suggestion that your fans are so rude and ungracious as to not find anything complimentary to say to you in their listener mail is as ludicrous as it is insulting. What makes you think you can continue to maintain a 
successful podcast if you fling abuse at your own loyal fan base in this way. I know from forum discussions that I am not the only one who sees this as a disturbing trend in Cast and Wax towards pandering to casual listeners and ignoring, or in cases such as this, latently insulting the serious and loyal fan. Why should I keep listening every week only to be insulted? Why do you let a few misguided users of the internet who like to insult your work pain your impressions of true fans such as myself? If this trend continues, I may have to boycott this incarnation of Neo-Cast and Wax for good, or at least until you can capture the spirit of classic episodes. Cheers, Bernard M. Carolus. Jordan, would you like to respond? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I love you. And I don't want any of our listeners to be upset. I know that everybody who writes in from this point on will be saying really, really nice things. I was only teasing, and every one of our listeners is so gracious and so thoughtful. I know, I know we're never going to hear anything mean again. So I'm sorry, Bernard. Uh, of course, of course, every single person who listens to our, our podcast is probably smarter than every single person who doesn't. Maybe even combined. Like if you combine every person who doesn't listen to it and you pick one person who does, you'd be like, well, that one person's smarter than all the others. Those people suck eggs through straws. Like, this person is is so brilliant. And that's you, Bernard. Um, among other people, but that's you included. We have another letter. Rory, do you want to read the next one? Ah, uh, sure. Hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know I have some ideas for the show. Uh, first of all, you should do an exover. What if the flashback landed in Parlor Town, or all the characters would meet each other? It would be twice as good. Also, I love that Epic Echoes, you bring back a lot of old enemies. It's great when old bad guys come back, but sometimes I think you forgot to play the first appearance because the flashbacks say they have met them before, but we haven't seen that episode. Okay, hold on. Let me pause you right there. Uh, what's the name of the, the guy who wrote the letter? Uh, it's Jim. Jim Geist. Excellent. Um, first of all, Jim, um, yeah, we can't really have a crossover because the shows are all have all been made. I mean, they're already previously recorded, so that doesn't work. Um, and as for Epic Echoes, I, I'm afraid you're a little bit confused about Epic Echoes. Uh, Epic Echoes is a backwards series, so of course you've never heard of the villains. That's that's why that works. Uh, keep, keep going, Rory. Also, Guard Duty is pretty good, although I have to say, sometimes it seems like there's a lot of talk and not a lot of battle scenes. Maybe there should be more action, because a lot of the time, they're just talking about the villains and not fighting them. Yes. Uh, okay, right there. Uh, that's the way Guard Duty works. It's sort of like the whole concept of the show is they're sitting around talking about things rather than seeing the action scenes. So there's probably not going to be a whole lot more action, although I, I will secretly tell you that we do get in a little bit of action. So um, go ahead, Rory. Also, maybe you can consolidate or something and work the moral from this day in history into debatatorium. That way you wouldn't need this day and you wouldn't run out of the time for Frank Allen interviews some weeks. I'm sorry, is he just, is he saying to get rid of this day and, and do the moral somewhere else? Well, it does appear that that's what he said, yes. Um, okay, well, <laughs> sorry, Jim, uh, we, we like this day in history. We will try not to run out of time for Frank. We can't put a moral into debatatorium, really, because we've already, again, previously recorded. That's why it's debatatorium 2006 right now, and it's actually 2008. But, no, we love Rory. We don't want to kick Rory out of the show, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he does have one other question. Also, I was wondering, which supermarket does Frank work in? Thanks for your time, James Geist. Frank, do you want to feel that? Uh, no, no, I don't want to, no, because that's a bit of, I mean, that's private. It's private. All right. You don't want your fans? I mean, people could be fans of you for the show, and they want to come in and shake your hand. Well, yeah, no, I, I could, you know, try to email us, and, and we'll set up a, you know, maybe a signing or something, but I don't want to do it at my business, no. Okay, you know, that's your call. I, guess, I mean, I guess I don't want people coming into the Marvel office, but still... 
No, 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 no. All right. Well, uh, let's let's. Uh, that's that's about the end of the show. Uh, please write into us at castandwax at gmail We have lots of exciting things we want to hear from you about. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show and won't have anything mean to say next time. Like get rid of Rory St. John. It's it's Sinjin, and don't get rid of me. Also, okay, we're not going to get rid of you. Although we are going to get rid of your stupid idea for the. It would work. Look, seriously, seriously, cheese crackers, everyone. Cheese crackers. They're so good that I should have more of them for free. Great, great. Uh, <laughs> happy anniversary to my my beautiful wife Devin and myself. I just wish myself happy anniversary. And you can all listen to uh, Waxwork Theme K in the background. Keep your nose out of the wax, and it features a story about me getting killed by my wife. So happy anniversary. Be seeing you. I had a murder to solve. I decided to look into his business associates. McNish and Narberg were partners in some sort of scam operation out of Queens. Narberg would bring home the serious money while McNish was in charge of laundering. But they both had motive. White was always writing Narberg about putting in a contribution to the business, while McNish wanted to take over the whole operation for himself. They were each other's alibis. Some of the things they told me just didn't ring true, and I considered them my main suspects. Until getting off the subway. I was accosted and hit over the head. I awoke in a stretch limo belonging to Mr. Corrin, a fat cat rich off some Hollywood money. He spent his days in charge of a gang of young toughs in Brooklyn, but in the he made his real living selling fresh dreams to the poor, hopeless masses. He stuck a dirty 22 in my face and told me to keep my nose out of this wax business or he'd blow it for me. I told him my nose wasn't running, and he said it would if it knew it was good for it. He gave me a handkerchief and promptly ejected me from the limo onto the side of the road. I picked myself up and dusted myself off. I hate catching other people's colds. Lastly, I found T.C. Mikowski, a small-time punk White had grown up with. He'd gotten by hawking old junk as new for a while, but eventually moved himself up in the world. He was currently riding high on a rash of lucky breaks. Rumor had it White had found out a few of T.C.'s dirty little secrets and was cashing in under the table. T.C. denied it, but he suddenly remembered another engagement around that time, and I found myself back out on the street. meet me back at the waxwork. The two partners, the rich Jew, the lucky one, and White's broad. They all said they didn't know what I was playing at. I told them I knew who was behind White's death. I pointed to Corin. He denied it, of course, but they all knew White had claimed credit for Corin's recent windfall. Corin leapt at me. So I shot him. When the police showed up, we all told them what had happened, and they took away the body. TC's luck finally changed when he got busted for tax fraud and wound up in the pen. Narberg and McNish continued their partnership until the families caught wind of the operation and put a stop to it. As for Mrs. White, she was so appreciative for me pinning her crime on Corrin that we started a partnership of our own. It went pretty well until the incident in the kitchen with the knife. On the next episode of Cast and Wax... On Decker and Hayes, Stella confronts a voice from Macy's past. Dr. Cross, I presume? Indeed you do, young lady. I'm a busy man. You're throwing around some very serious allegations. I just wanted to get your attention. My name is Stella Decker, and I have... Decker? The detective? No, the plumber. I came to fix the pipes. On Tractor Fiction, an elderly woman shares her wisdom. Back in those days, the Easter Bunny was actually a five-toed sloth, but no one was really sure what kind of pudding he liked, so we all just tried them all until he started smiling, and then we knew I think vanilla was always my favorite. And in guard duty, secrets are inadvertently revealed. 
there's been all this attention at. I couldn't help it. So you just popped your brain into my personal business? That's a little unfair. Your business? What are you... Oh, you and... Shh! No, I, I didn't know about that. All this and more coming on July 21st on waxwork.com.